As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Greetings and welcome back to One True Pod, brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. We are the Thursday episode on the Andy Staples Show and Friends podcast feed. Thanks as always for listening. My name is Max Olson. I am joined as always by my good friends Jason Kersey and Sam Con Jr. Uh, fellows, good morning to you. We've we've got. A very exciting episode today. I know. I know you're fired up, Jason, because man, we have got. Uh, you know, when you, when you think about the wish list of guests for this show, you, <laughs> you got to start with the guy we got this week. I know. I, I'm so thrilled that we got him. I'm so glad that it that it happened. I'm also extremely upset that I wasn't able to be part of it yesterday. Just happened to coincide with some interviews I had lined up, so couldn't quite uh couldn't couldn't get on there with you guys. But yeah, very excited to welcome Deuce Vaughn, Kansas Deuce State running Vaughn. back. Deuce Vaughn onto onto One True Pod. It's very Deuce thrilling. Is loose, and he is on the podcast today. Uh, we we talked to him. About his great season so far, and uh, just taking that 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 freshman All America year and building on it, and you know K State's got a big one this week, so had a had a fun conversation with him. Sam, how was your first Deuce Vaughn experience? I loved it. For I've watched him for a long time now. I guess a more a little bit more than a year now, and like you guys have been enamored with watching that guy. And of course, I have to rep for my guys who come from Texas, a Texas sure. high school football product, Round Rock product. So. Uh, he was super cool, and I enjoyed it. He was laid back, and uh, he was everything I would hoped he would be. And and I I appreciated him taking some time for I us think, in the middle. I think of we can call season. him friend of the pod now. I think that's he just, absolutely just, is a friend of the pod. One hundred percent. Deuce Vaughn and Lance Leipold. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> both, we're built, both we're building a little army here. Yeah, both sides of the sunflower state, right here <laughs> on one true pod. That's right. That's right. Well, well, fellows, um, I want to start. Um, let's talk about where the Big 12 is at right now, because uh, I do think it, you know, we always kind of say like, oh, man, this conference, like anyone can beat anybody. And, you know, it's always super close games and all that. But the way non-conference play is gone, um, first of all, if anyone's keeping score here, the Big 12 had the best non-conference slate so far of, of any league. And, and that's put the teams in this conference in position here 
to like I, I think right now you look at you look at FPI, you look at um, SP Plus on ESPN. Um, the Big Twelve I think has a chance to actually have nine bowl teams this year. Like that's kind of how it's setting up right now. Um, when you when you go through like the the win projections right now, I think the Big Twelve also is in a position where they could have eight teams. You know, and, and Oklahoma and Kansas not being on that list. I think potentially eight teams that could win just basically between six to eight games. Like, I don't know if how many of them are 10 win teams, but there's going to be, I, I think the way this is setting up a lot of six win teams. How, how do you sort of size up this conference so far as we see them continue to win or at least survive non-conference games? I want to see a whole bunch of five and four and a whole bunch of four and five there in the middle, you know, like yeah. just complete <laughs> chaos. That's the, where, where we really have to dive into the big 12 rules on tiebreakers. That's, that's what I want. No, I'm just kidding, but kind of, but no, it, it's, we, we it's love been, the tiebreaker game. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're our, our, uh, our podcast name is a joke about the big 12s old tiebreaker policy. So of course we're into that. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I think that you look from top to bottom, I really do believe that OU could lose to, to a lot of teams in this conference. I think Texas could, I think Iowa state has already has a loss. I think they're potentially, uh, could lose or win any game that they play in the big 12. I mean, the, and really for Oklahoma specifically, the next four weeks, are not going to be easy. I mean, they go from West Virginia, Kansas State, which has beaten them two years in a row, Texas, TCU. Those are all losable games for Oklahoma. I, they're not going to lose all of them, but they could lose one of them easily. When you yeah. look at the bottom of the conference, that, that's the thing that has impressed me the most. You mentioned the possible amount of bowl teams. I look at how the bottom, I think, is coming up a little bit. Baylor certainly looks a lot better so far this season. And granted, their schedule has not been murderer's row, but still, they looked a lot more clean and efficient than they did a year ago. Texas Tech has raised its level of play. They're a lot more explosive offensively than they were a year ago. Even Kansas, the, who's the bottom team in the league, I think we've been impressed with how the competitive they were against Coastal Carolina. And sure. they, yeah. they were in that game against Baylor at halftime. It was a seven-point game. And I think Lance Leipold has got that team playing hard. So I think, to me, that's what is interesting to me is the top is going to be a lot of parity. But the bottom, I think, is coming up a little bit, and that's why I think is going to make it so chaotic. So I'll read off what ESPN FB Hyatt has, which you know I'm not going to like defend it and say it's a perfect metric or anything like that. We don't work there anymore, Sam, so we don't have to. But um, <laughs> they, what they have right now is Oklahoma at 11.3 wins, Texas at 8.2, Iowa State at 7.7, Baylor at 7.5, Texas Tech at 7.4, TCU at 7, K-State at 6.9, Oklahoma State at 6.6, West Virginia 6.3, and then and then Kansas 1.5 because somebody's got to lose those games. But I, I think that that um, I think that makes for like a, a pretty fun race here. Where um, as I was looking at picks this week, and I look forward, you know, now I'm doing a terrible job, so don't listen to me. But <laughs> I like I kind of like the dogs this week. Like I, I think that's going to kind of be the case a lot in the Big Twelve this year, where I think these lines probably are going to come down a little bit and, and be like pretty close because I, I just think that I, I think it's a great point, Sam, the bottoms come up a bit. There's not, yeah, there's going to be some blowouts still sometimes, but there's not a ton of these games where you're saying that somebody just like has no chance now. And yeah, I, I think that also like, so when I, when I read off those numbers to you, I, I want to ask you guys this. Okay. First of all, who is right now, if you had to guess, who is the team that surprises and wins eight games? Is it, 
Texas Tech, Baylor, or Kansas State? Um, I I think Kansas State. I'm pretty. I'm very impressed with Kansas State, especially without Skylar Thompson. The fact yeah. that they went and, and won that game the way that they did. I, I've been. I of those three, I would vote for Kansas State. But I'd also say, just really quick, that Iowa State number is absurd. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, can we just remember that they're yeah, one like, losses to the I'm number sure that, five like, team in the country? I know, and I, I, I'm sure that recruiting stuff is like kind of baked into those numbers a yeah. little bit, which is never going to like favor Iowa State, you know. So, Jason, you like K State. Sam, do, yeah. who, do you think Texas Tech or Baylor, one of those, could be an eight win team? Uh, I think if I if I had to pick one out of those two, I'd go with Texas Tech. Uh, although, but just because I think the way their schedule sets up, it, it makes it possible, and I just like how explosive they are. But I mean, Baylor's look so good running the ball. If they can play defensively the way they have and their offensive line plays the way it is, I wouldn't rule it out. I, I've more looked at Baylor as like a six or seven win team, a bowl sure. team type. Uh, and I kind of looked at Texas Tech in the same vein. But I think overall, out of all those teams, kind of like Jason, I feel best about Kansas State. I think I said it at the preseason, that was really, really high on K-State this year. And of course, that was with a healthy Skylar Thompson. But I feel like with Will Howard, having gone through this before, and you know, like like Jason said, he looked pretty solid last week in Nevada in his first start this year. So I, I like where they sit too uh, in terms of being able to match that number. Kleiman has just a way of getting his team to play hard and, and efficient. So uh, I, I I think all three of those teams have a shot at it, but I, I agree with you guys on Iowa State too. That number just seemed way too low to me. On I, yeah, I, of course. I, I've got to say, you know, I picked Kansas State and then, you know, Sam really is the one who deserves the credit. You've been on the K-State train all year. I'm I'm a recent, I've recently hopped on board. So. I really thought 3-0 would be hard. For, you know, that, that was not me an too. easy non-conference schedule they played. Yeah, yeah. They've set themselves and then if up you told, real nice. If you told us Skylar Thompson gets knocked out in your second game, you'd say, oh man, it's going to be potentially a rough season for K-State. Absolutely. They've been super impressive. And look, they host Oklahoma in two weeks and they've beaten them two years in a row. I'm, you know. <laughs> you can't rule it out. All right, on the flip side of that, if you, not to be a hater, but if you had to pick one of these teams to disappoint and only win six, is it Oklahoma State, Texas, or is it TCU? Of those three... I'm probably going to say Oklahoma State, and I was pretty high on them in the preseason. And I know they got a win in a place that's not always easy to win. Last week, sure. Boise, but they just they have are, not. They're winning ugly right they're now. They're not super impressive. And of those three, I, you know, I, I would have to say Oklahoma State. I'm agree with Jason on that. Oklahoma State just it's just not clean enough yet for me to to buy into them. I think that's that is a team, and I, that was a team that I kind of felt was possibly a six win team anyway coming into year six or seven. Around this, I keep saying six or seven for everybody. I feel like this is going to be the whole Big Twelve this year. And everybody <laughs> exactly. six or seven wins, but uh, I don't think Texas is going to get down to six. But I wouldn't be shocked if Texas was a seven-win team. I uh, wouldn't either. Yeah, after the way they got dominated in Arkansas, they looked a lot cleaner against Rice last week. But you know, I look at that TCU game. I look at the OU game. Look, Heck, this look if Texas goes Texas five Tech, and four in conference play, then they're a seven-win team. Right, and and this weekend attack against Texas Tech isn't going to be no cakewalk. So yeah. I, they got to go. They still have to go to Iowa State. They still have K State. They still got to go to Baylor. So it's going to be. I think Texas is going to have a challenge. I've kind of pegged Texas as an eight and four team, but I wouldn't stunned to be. I wouldn't be stunned if they went seven and five. Now, now, Jason, I I was surprised by the game you covered. I really was. Um, yeah. Maybe that's my alumni cynicism that that was sort of blinding me. Although I feel like that's in some ways like kind of the worst outcome for Nebraska. Because now it's going to like 
sort of set this expectation that they should be able to play with everybody. And then when they lose a bunch, it's like, well, you were so good against Oklahoma. Like, what the hell? But what did you – I we talked about it a little bit Saturday night because uh, I was curious just sort of how much you thought um, – folks around OU are, are panicking about this start so far. What what do you, and you know, you've done lots of interviews since then. Where, where are the Sooners at? You know, they're a very interesting team because I came out of that game feeling very, very surprised and like, oh, oh boy. They, they played, uh, you know, they had kind of a rough outing against Tulane. They crushed Western Carolina, but then they have a rough outing against Nebraska team that I don't think any of us had super high expectations for. And so I came out of it feeling pretty uh, – let me put it this way. I'm more optimistic about OU now than I was on Saturday night. And it's okay. because, you know, I, I published a story today on The Athletic on Thursday about the offense and, and how there are reasons why it sort of looks the way it looks. And I don't think it's quite as uh, apoplectic as I thought it was the other day. I mean, they're not throwing downfield much, but that's sort of a design of Nebraska's game plan that took that away. Um, they're still pretty efficient offensively, honestly, all things considered, they're not Kyler Murray level uh, efficient, but I also think sometimes we maybe got a little bit spoiled by that. Um, they have to be better and there are a lot of things they can do. It seems like skill wise, they're not just like running past people this year, you know, in terms of receivers and right. The backs are still good and and they're still, they still scheme it up really well for the, you know, Jeremiah Hall and the tight ends and stuff, but it doesn't seem like they're just right burning people the way they usually do. Right. And that's exactly what it is. I mean, they through three games last year, they'd throw 19 passes, 20 yards or more downfield. They've only thrown six this year uh, in three games. And I think we know the QB has got the arm. We know he's got the the arm and, and they've got receivers who have done this before. Marvin Mims is not, been involved. And I think opposing defenses have really tried to take away the deep ball from them. I do think they're going to have to yeah. figure out a way to get to get that to make that more of a part of the offense again. I just don't I don't feel quite as uh, apocalyptic about it as I did a couple of days ago. That that's that's how I would feel. That well Sam, that's what I would say about it. Sam, what did you what where do you make of OU at this point? I as I was mentioning to Jason before we started today that when I, I, I have something is off. You can tell something's off offensively. And then when I looked at the numbers that they had, it's the first time since Lincoln's been there that they haven't averaged six yards of play, at least coming out in these first three games. Uh, to me, it's, it's a little concerning. I, at the same time, I think you have to give them credit for how much improvement they've made defensively. And, and it's going to be a complimentary thing. You know, that, that if it's okay if they take a step or two back offensively because the defense is much better than it was a few years ago. But that being said, you still want to see them be a little cleaner, a little more explosive, just a little bit more like we're used to seeing OU's offense to be. But I don't look at OU right now as a team that's dominant. Like I think we came into this season thinking, man, this is the best team in the Big 12. You know, I think I said at one point that they could run the table in the Big 12. I think when we did our over-unders, I picked them to go 12-0. Yeah. I don't feel good about that right now. I, I, I really don't. Sorry, I would just add that you talk about the defense – Two, three years ago, uh, three years ago, I bet OU loses that game to Nebraska if the offense plays that way. And Adrian Martinez rushes for 150 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> That's a good point. No, absolutely. That's absolutely. So point. I think, I, I think yeah. it's fair to give them credit for that because it's okay to not be a dominant offense if you're going to be that good defensively. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I was going to say, like, it, it, I think it potentially is, is okay. You're right that if, if Oklahoma were like a 38 points per game offense instead of a 48 this year, I just looked at it, though. Of course, they're like, they're still at like 46. It's like, I mean, well, you know, it's not that bad. <laughs> That's a little <laughs> skewed by Western Carolina. Certainly though. skewed. Yes. Yeah. If yeah. you go. If you go just first first FBS, then then yeah, it's thirty one. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so and, and that's that's and, you know we talked about this on Saturday, Jason's lens. Like, so what do you when you talk about concern? Do you talk about oh, you know, can they win the Big Twelve? Like, yeah, of course they can still win the Big Twelve and you know be in the play be that four seed in the playoff and play in a like kind of the the status quo. So the, I guess the question is, are we like you said, Sam? Is there a feeling right now that okay, maybe the ceiling of playing in a national title game that 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 isn't the ceiling for this team? I I kind of still think it or, is. Or are we just are we just gonna, like are they just going to go start beating people you know fifty six to ten every week in, in Big Twelve play here and just kind of go right back to normal? Or are they kind of setting you know as we see kind of most years? Are we about to kind of see that that one loss from Oklahoma? See, I think about last year. And I know last year was a weird year because of COVID and everything, but last year they started off one and two and we were all writing their obituaries. I mean, I was too. I, in fact, after they were one and two, I thought they're going to lose at least two more games. Like that's how bad they looked at, at certain points. And they went ahead and won out and crushed Florida in the cotton bowl. And Spencer Rattler ended as one of the better quarterbacks in college football. So I, I'm just not ready to go there yet. I still think their preseason expectations are still possible. I really do. Yeah. And I, I think that if they can get some of these little things sorted out, if they can figure out how to push the ball downfield more, I think they're going to be fine. I, I, I'm not saying I predict them to win the national title or anything. I just don't think I, – I still think that those those possibilities are out there for them. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I think it's too early to hit the panic button, but I think it's valid to be concerned. And I think yeah. this weekend's game against West Virginia will be kind of telling. It's first conference game. I think West Virginia, obviously coming off a big win, it's a team that plays hard. I think this weekend will, and of course, obviously the next week against Kansas State, will tell us a lot about you know what what is the rest of the season holds for Oklahoma. Well, and I think that if you look at across the country here too, like whatever issues OU is having right now. They're not as bad as what Clemson's having on offense. They're not as bad as what Ohio State's having on defense. Like, I think that um, – and then certainly when you watch Alabama-Florida, which is an incredible game, and I'm not not taking anything away from Alabama for, for winning that game, but, I, you know, as as Andy Staples and others, you know, wrote off that game, you, you, it does sort of feel this season like is there some potential for some chaos and just not – not the same obvious, um, you know, kind of final four that we we tend to get in this sport. I I kind of feel that way, um, you know, and I think it's it's been fun so far to see 
Penn State, Iowa, o- Oregon, just see, see these other ones kind of jump up there. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to be – I think it's going to be a pretty fun year. And, and, and like I said, the, the one to, – to bring it back to the, to, to the starting point here, the thing that's just going to be hard for the Big 12 is if, you, if everyone's going to kind of beat each other up a lot, then how many teams can you – you know, other, other, of course, other than Cincinnati and BYU – how many teams can you have in that playoff top 25 this year, you know, at the end of it? And and what what is sort of like the perception and rep of your conference champ, especially if this is maybe this is the year we finally have an upset in the conference title game. I think I think that that, that the playoff part of it, I, I do wonder if this Big 12, you know, could, could you see Oklahoma being a two loss team, Jason? Yeah. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, I know I just said that I think they're possibilities are still in front of them. But I also think that there have been some weaknesses exposed here in the first couple weeks that absolutely. And I think a loss, as I said earlier, could easily come sometime in the next month uh, with this schedule that they've got. It could come this Saturday, honestly. <laughs> it could. That it, You know, they didn't get to play West Virginia last year, so we don't really have a whole lot of yeah. whole lot of data on that one. Um, it's going to – this weekend's uh, – pretty great in terms of kind of setting setting the stage here a little bit for the conference. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting into picks, but why don't we, uh, we jump into our interview here with the great uh, big man on campus, Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State. Here's our interview. We are now joined by the great Deuce Vaughn. Deuce, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks for joining us. No problem. I appreciate y'all having me on today. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. Uh, just getting ready for Oklahoma State. Uh, I practice and meetings later on today, and man, we're just rallying as a team, and we're getting ready to go down into a very hostile environment down there in Stillwater. We're excited, though. For sure, for sure. So when I talked to you last season, I think probably middle of your freshman season, you didn't really have a chance to be the big man on campus yet because you were locked down, living out of the dorm, you know, really laying low. Has that changed at all in Manhattan? Are you able to get out at all, or is it kind of right back to what it was like last year? Uh, it's actually opened up quite a bit more. Uh, I have online, I mean, in-person classes now instead of online. So, uh, like today, I was I was in my calculus uh, class just as – me and uh, TJ Smith were in there together, and uh, it's kind of getting that normal college experience, uh, which he didn't really have last year because of COVID. And then it's really cool to get to be out on campus and get to go to the student union and kind of have like that sense of, uh, like I said, the college experience this year. Do, do you wear like the hat and sunglasses and, and try to not get noticed, or what, oh, what's that like around oh, there? No, sir. No, sir. Never that. Uh, I, I really love interacting with people, I love meeting people, and uh, Whenever I have the opportunity to talk to anyone or they come and say good game or something, I love to, to get to know people and uh, whether that be just somebody just asking them how their day's been or what their name is and things like that. Because I love meeting people. You never know when those connections to come back around. And uh, man, so I, I really try to embrace all of it. That's awesome. What, what you know, when, when you kind of like your fame kind of picked up a bit last season and, and then going into this year and all that, like, What's the craziest thing that came from that? Is there anything funny that happened around town or anybody you got to like meet this off season or, or, or what with, with your name kind of getting out there, what, what is like kind of come with that for you? How's your life changed a little bit here? Um, so I wouldn't really say the craziest thing that happened to me uh, going into this season was I got to work out with uh, Deshaun Watson, Justin Fields, um, 
uh, Jordan Love, DeAndre Swift, Kyle okay. Pitts. Okay. And the, the list goes on. Kevin Ramsey was there, Jesse Horn, uh, and all these guys that, I mean, I had watched uh, either growing up or this past season whenever they were in college. And it was just crazy because uh, they were down in Austin. Uh, their, um, their, their agent had had like a little thing through this uh, – like this new gym that was really high tech and everything. So they had to go somewhere to work out. And I remember I got asked to come out there and catch some balls and stuff like that, run some routes. And it was just a super cool experience to see these guys that are, that are pros uh, and how they conduct themselves and everything. I took a lot from it. And I feel like that was probably the, the, the coolest thing. Did they, they big time you at all? Or how, how did you get along with no, them? No, they were, they were actually really, really cool. I got to talk to uh, Justin Fields a whole bunch after. Got to talk to Deshaun Watson. I got to talk to DeAndre Swift, take a picture with uh, those guys and stuff like that. No, they were really cool. And the way they their work ethic, you can kind of tell from right then is why they're, they're some of the best in, in the league. That had to be like surreal catching passes from some of those guys. It was. And it was crazy how much zip is on those balls uh, it definitely comes out different when i the first the first ball i caught it was kind of like a oh man but once you settle in all that type of stuff you just it's football's football but they no they can they can sling it you got to bring the gloves that day no 100 100 i had to bring some uh, some stick them too the way they were, the way they were. <laughs> that's great so, Deuce, they were in your backyard. I'm curious, was there any – you're a Texas high school football product. Was there any back and forth between those guys about where they're from and, and who's got some of the best high school football, and did you have to defend your state's turf? I did not have to defend my state's turf, but if push came to shove, I would have been a 100% uh, first ambassador for Texas because I, feel, I believe that's where the best football was played high school-wise just from seeing it and everything like that uh, whenever I grew up there. I – 100% feel like Texas has the best uh, high school football in the nation. No doubt. So you're off to a great season. You guys as a team are off to a great start. What I'm curious from going from your freshman year to now, what are some of the things that you have been doing to get better as a player? Really, I'm just taking the, the mental side of my game to a whole new level, whether that be I'm watching different ways to how to study a defense. Uh, I'm getting into my own playbook to understand not only why – I'm doing what I'm doing, but what I'm doing, how it opens up things for other people. So say if I'm out in the slot and I'm running a pistol route, man, I'm running this pistol route and running, I'm breaking out to open up the dig backside right uh, behind me. So uh, just things like that, making sure that I'm grasping as much knowledge as I can to go out there and play fast. And then uh, I feel like the way that the entire team has changed their bodies over this past off season has uh, come I mean, to fruition these, parts, these first three games and we're bigger, stronger, faster. And that's just a testament to Coach True and his training staff that came in and the way that we prepared ourselves through those tough times, that adversity in the winter, in the spring, in the summer, into the fall, coming into the season, how we trained our bodies to get ready for this. And, man, you, you see it whenever guys are running full speed around everywhere and uh, on the field. And we're, we're, we're so much, I feel like, faster, bigger, and stronger, like I said, and you can really see it on Saturday. You guys had a pretty challenging non-conference schedule. You went down to, to Arlington to, to open up the season with Stanford. And then this last week, you guys beat a Nevada team that has a really, really talented quarterback, Carson Strong. I'm curious, through these first three weeks and, and the challenging non-conference schedule that you guys have gone through, what have you learned about this team so far in 2021? 100% I've learned how much perseverance we have. Uh, not only because uh, – how we went down to Stanford and a really good football team. We saw that they beat USC and how yep. they rallied 
back after that first uh, week against us. And we, we went out there and we, we took care of business in a sense. We, we went out there, we played a really good four quarter football game and uh, there was no satisfaction after that. And then we played a really, really good FCS team in SIU who is going to be, is going to be playing for a really, really long time down there and going to the playoff and they're going to, they're going to have a really good season. And we were, we were down at halftime, but we, there was nobody in that locker room that said we were going to lose that game. We persevered and we ended up winning uh, shut them out in the second half, and that just goes to show how much uh, perseverance we have. And then, of course, uh, here we are playing against a really, really good Nevada team tied up. And uh, it was one of those things where we knew we had, we had to battle for four quarters and go out there and play our best football if we wanted to beat this team, and that's what we did. And I'm just so excited because that perseverance, that, that how we handle adversity as a team is going to take us so long because in the Big 12, there's never really a blowout game. Everybody's going to play you close. It's going to be four-quarter games every single week just coming up. We have a really, really good Oklahoma State team we're going down to play. So it's going to be a four-quarter game. And having that perseverance, that sense of, hey, we can, we can do this throughout the entire four quarters, going to be something that's super big. Yeah. And then, you know, this year you guys, obviously you talked about adversity. You faced a little bit, you know, losing Skyler, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. And then you got Will Howard who's, you know, back back in the behind the saddle at quarterback. You two came in as freshmen, kind of thrown into the fire as freshmen and learning on the fly. And, and, and I'm curious now that you guys are sophomores back in this situation, uh, kind of what, what have you guys gained from that? How much better are you two? And, and what, what does he mean to you as a teammate? And what, what has made him successful in this role? Right. Uh, first and foremost, what's What's changed from last year to this year is we have that experience. Uh, not having a spring ball and having a condensed fall camp was it, it, it was tough. Just coming in, really being thrown into the fire of Division One Power Five football. I mean, it's one of the hardest things to do, and especially playing quarterback at Division One Power Five, uh, especially in the Big Twelve. How how good defenses are. It's super hard to get up to that speed without that experience. But having that year under our belt last year and going into spring ball and seeing those pictures, playing us a really, really good defense every single day and uh, in that mob uh, defense that we have and going into fall camp and doing that as well, uh, it's kind of giving you that sense of confidence saying, like, I can I can play at this level. Uh, the speed is starting to slow down a little bit more. I've gotten into my playbook even more. This is my second year in the system. Uh, it's all starting to come to fruition. And you kind of get that sense of not comfortability, but like you're kind of starting to settle in uh, and you're always kind of like grinding for more. And uh, as far as what he's, he's meant to me, he's been a, he's been a great teammate and he's been a great, a great guy for me as well. He was one of the people I call my best friends on the team. Uh, I can talk to him about anything. I and mean, there was times last year, we just have talks about the season, what's going on, how are you doing and things like that. How are you handling this? How are you handling that? And then just that, that sense of, uh, connectivity and uh, uh, like cohesiveness that we have transfers onto the field as well. Uh, so whenever he's checking something, I can kind of kind of tell like, okay, this is what he wants to do with this, and uh, he's starting to, as you can see, he's starting to come into that role as well of checking things and really taking the offense by the by the horns and saying, hey, this, I know what I'm doing. I, I'm going to put us in the best situation to go and be successful. And uh, man, he's just been a, not only a great teammate, great leader, but a great guy uh, off the field. Deuce, y'all, y'all have Oklahoma State this week. Obviously, that game last year was a nail biter, and you know that that team last year kind of you know went on that losing streak to finish it. Are you proud of it? Three and zero now. Does it seem like this team kind of got its its groove, got its vibe back a little bit? I mean, how how you know what did it take for for this program to just you know get right back on track this year after the way last year ended? Um, after last year ended, we had the little break for uh, throughout 
I guess January and then we came back and it was it was a new slate. We understood that what happened last year is no longer on our minds. We're not only looking forward, but we're looking at the day that we have in front of us and we're gonna attack that day every single day. We're gonna pound the stone, like we say, and we're gonna go out here and we'll do the best to make sure that we're putting ourselves in a, a the greatest like chance to be successful on Saturday many, 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 many weeks away from then. And then we kind of just stayed on that process, stayed on that track and uh, day by day went by. And before you knew it, you looked over at the clock and there was two game, two days until game day. And we we kind of were settled in, a, in the fact that you know, we've done everything that we need to do. We've gotten our bodies conditioned. We've uh, jumped into the playbook. We've had a great spring ball, a great fall camp. And we were, were more cohesive as a team than we were last year and to, to the point where we're saying, yeah, like, we're not satisfied, but we're we're really good. We're we're ready to go and play some football, and it's it's kind of showed those first three games, and that's something that we can also learn from last year. Is that I mean we started what four and one last year, and we yep. were we were rolling through um, conference, and then of course we lost the, the five straight. So that it shows you can't get complacent with success, and that's something that we've really taken into account. We're not letting anything fall off. Not only are we doing the things that we have to do to be successful we're propelling ourselves to make sure that we're doing that on a day-to-day basis so that we don't have to worry about anything so every Saturday we go out there just be the team that we know we are and just go play some football now I I think if you guys you know certainly are are staying in the top 25 here and I mean just I just assume you're going to beat Oklahoma again because that's just what y'all do um (laughs) it when when us media folks come through Manhattan here for a game where, where do we have to go eat Taco Lucha. I love Taco Lucha. Whole bunch. Uh, man, I, I kind of want to get some Taco Lucha right now. I just stop thinking <laughs> what's about the, What's the order there? What do you do? I get the buffalo. So there's like this buffalo chicken. Uh, and it's like a, oh man, it's like a buffalo chicken like taco in a sense. But uh, it's soft shell. And that, that I it's crazy because I went with uh, Taylor uh, <laughs> Brat And we went up there and he was like, you got to get that. And I was like, man, that, I mean, Buffalo chicken on, on taco. <laughs> I lapped my lips on it, and man, I was I was hooked from then on. I was hooked. Uh, but taco lucha for sure—that's one of my favorites. Is it true that y'all are getting the torchies there? I've I've heard rumors that okay. we big time because we had one uh, in Rock and Round Rock uh, over in Pflugerville. was like ten minutes away, and I I, I was a big torchies uh, ambassador. I was there a whole bunch. So if yeah. we get one here, it'd be big time. And then Mahomes bringing Whataburger out there. I mean, that's got to be huge for you. He he is. He's bringing it out to, to KC. He, he, I, don't, I don't know if it's in. He's bringing it to KC. Yeah. Oh man! So I'm gonna have to make some two hour drives as well <laughs> uh, over to KC on the weekends because I'm oh Whataburger. I've had Whataburger since I left, which is crazy to think about. And uh, no nah, man, uh, the patty melt at Whataburger. Patty yeah, melt. Yeah. That's my- that's my thing right That's there. That's what I'm talking about. W- would y'all go like after games, like late at night, that kind of deal, or is it any hour? Every, every Friday night after after a football game, Whataburger was a spot. Everybody was there, and uh, man, it was it was a great time. Man, 100%. I remember covering high school football. The line at Whataburger after a Friday night high school football game in Texas. Like, come on, man. Oh, my gosh. Whataburger yeah, made a whole bunch of money off of Friday night football. <laughs> no question. <laughs> now, now, Deuce, I, I know you're a coach's kid, so you're going to say that in your spare time you're just only watching watching film. But do you have any any favorite shows right now, anything you're streaming in your spare time? I'm waiting for the Ozarks to come back out. Okay. Uh, I, I love that yet. Really? It's it's a little slow at first, but once you once you get into it, it's a fantastic show. It's it 
it's I really like it. So I'm waiting for the Ozarks to come back out. Uh, I'm a pretty big Marvel guy, so Disney yep. Plus. I'm always on there whether I'm watching uh, WandaVision or Loki or uh, Loki was good. Loki was really good. I liked it. It was a little short. That was the only thing. Yeah. Uh, I can't. I can't really get past the, the six episodes because uh, I'm. I'm. Hey, so I'm like, okay. Like I want more. Like I watched that in a day and a half. You know, I no, want no. more. Because uh, I don't. I don't like to wait every week. So I wait for them all to come out and then I just watch them, uh, almost like a movie. It's a, a great. I do. I'm doing that with Ted Lasso right now. Like you let them yeah. build up a little bit and you get to it eventually. Mm-hmm. You know. Exactly. I, I like to watch them like it's a movie. In a sense, I don't like to wait. I don't like. I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I, I get too jittery. I, I think about it too much. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the That's Ozarks funny. is probably the biggest one that I'm waiting for right now. Okay. Are you guys now? Is like I know last year. When you guys are kind of like laying low and stuff, a lot of video games, right? How's is there something y'all are playing a lot right now? Uh, so yeah, two K just came out, okay, and that's one thing that everybody's playing right now. Everybody's trying to get their uh, their my player, his rating up, his uh, his overall. So that's one thing everybody's playing right now, just because it just came out. uh, Who's the guy in your team that is just like the deepest into that, like most obsessed with getting ninety nine and all that? Oh, Malik knows. Okay. <laughs> uh, Malik knows. I, I remember it came out and his guy was like an 84, like the day it came out. He started 60 overall. I was like, Malik, how <laughs> is he like spending his real money on, on coins? He, he has to be because I'm pretty sure he's up in the 90s now and it's oh, been no. like a week and a half. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Okay. And here I am. I'm, my guy's struggling to make a layup. He's over here. 360 windmill and he's got all the dunk moves and everything exactly Exactly. oh my goodness that's awesome um last thing for you man thanks so much for for joining us on this before we go um want to give you a chance to plug what you're doing in nil right now and and you got some t-shirts coming or something that our listeners can buy come on where's the merch at deuce we're we're making some right now we're taking it we're taking it pretty slow uh especially during season and stuff like that don't want to be bogged down a whole bunch you're getting like trademarks and you know like uh nicknames and all that stuff figured out yes sir okay all right uh i guess my only one would be uh is is, uh, one of my mouthpiece deals that i'm doing uh go to mouthpiece uh they they're doing a really good job with uh, their mouthpiece. I've been wearing them for the first three games of the season, and man, they 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 really increased my oxygen and helped me play faster and uh, stronger throughout the game. Because when you get to the fourth quarter, the the last thing you want to do is be is bogged down, tired. So that that mouthpiece really helped with uh, the increasing of oxygen into my lungs and everything like that. And I find myself not getting tired. So uh, if anybody on here is a is a young football player that wants to uh, increase their their competitive advantages. It's go and go and get a go-to mouthpiece and use my my code Deuce Ten for a ten percent uh off on it. And man, I'm telling you, it's something that will change some of the way that you play football. Very professional. That's a nice plug. Well done. No doubt. <laughs> Deuce, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, you know, you you've got uh, a, a bunch of fans here on this podcast, so appreciate you you joining, and and we're looking forward to what's next for you. No problem. I appreciate y'all having me on. No problem. Thanks, Deuce. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So there you have it. Deuce Vaughn, the five foot six phenom. Awesome to have him on the pod. Hopefully we can get you know more players and coaches on here. Jason, I, I know that broke your heart to not, not be on that. It did. It did. But but you know what? I'm a team player and I'm very happy that he was on our podcast, whether I could be part of it or not. So that's, <laughs> um, that's my and the pro- I mean, Sam, the promo code drop. Phenomenal. I, I was a pre- dude. He can read promos better than we can, man. Like 100 percent. I, I got he, he wasn't even reading. He just went off the top of his head. That's a, we that's got a, a smooth script dude. and everything. I was like, hey, man, that that guy, if he makes it to the pros or something, he's got he's got a future as a pitch man. He he's got and you know what he's got to get the deuces loose tees going. He's got to get all that get get the merch business going. I think I think there'd be a lot of you know a lot of supporters for that one. Um, Dude, why don't I we why don't we start picks? Oh, for sure. Why don't we start picks with that game? Um, you know, Jason, why don't you tell us how we're doing on picks this season? Yes, Jason, yes. please tell us how we're doing. Yes. So <laughs> I don't really want to because I was doing so good through two weeks. Sam had a monster week. And has now taken over the lead. It currently against the spread. Sam is fifteen and seven. I am fourteen and eight. Max, you got a long way to go, buddy. Nine and thirteen. So what, what was Sam's record last week? Nine and two. Oh my goodness. Nine and we, two. We were both six and five. So uh-huh. yeah, no, that makes sense. So yeah, that Sam also explains why Sam's you wearing like a Virginia. brand new suit on this podcast and new shoes. And he, he must have bet the house. <laughs> oh, on, on come his on picks. now. No, that's not, that's not good. We, we got Louis, Louisville covering against UCF uh, winning actually outright. And then West Virginia, West Virginia was one of the ones that I had. Thank you. Mountaineers for uh, verifying your belief in me and Kansas state and Kansas state. I, Kansas state so far has not disappointed me since I pumped them up in the preseason. So, did yeah. did y'all catch the ending of Louisville UCF? Yes, it was wild. The back to back pick six. I mean, the back to back interceptions <clears throat> with the pick six to end it. That was that was a fun Friday night. I and then and then to that. like such a bummer to lose Dylan Gabriel too at the end of that game too. And, and who on knows the last how long play, he's out, but man, he's been one of the most fun dudes to watch in in the sport here the last couple of years. So you know, T's and P's for Dylan Gabriel. Hope he can get right. I mean that that. Hopefully UCF doesn't sort of uh, you know fall off cliff here without him a little bit. No doubt. One thing I will say about that is, as we talk about one of our new Big Twelve members, uh, UCF. You watch those teams, both of those teams, but UCF in particular, man, they're fast. Oh they yeah, they have got some team speed. And uh, once that, they if, got if some they kids could, out of Texas too that are fast as hell. Mm-hmm. You know, if, one of if, them if they, came from Oklahoma. Right. If they continue to recruit at the level that. They uh, that they are right now. I think when they when they get in the Big Twelve in a couple of years, it's not going to be any issue. I don't think uh, stacking up at least at least in terms of the skill positions. They can, For sure, they can run. Yeah, and you can get some good transfers there too. That's 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 going to be a good program. All right, let's start with Kansas State in Stillwater at Oklahoma State, and the Pokes. Who you know, like I was listening to Stanford Stephen the Bear uh, this morning. Shout out to those guys. They they said they thought. Oklahoma State's been the most unimpressive three and team out there, and, and we kind of hit on that earlier. The Pokes are a six point favorite at home against a ranked Kansas State. 
um, which which made me raise my eyebrows a little bit. Jason, what do you think? Oh, I've got Kansas State. Uh, no, no question. That, that was uh, to me. This is one of the easier picks of the week. Honestly, I, I, uh, I just think Kansas State's been so impressive, even without Skylar Thompson. Oklahoma State has not been impressive. Um, yeah, I didn't really have to think too hard about this one. Yeah, I, I'm with Jason. I think I think Kansas State covers for sure. I think this has a real potential to be an ugly game, just like Oklahoma State and Boise State. You know, was pretty ugly last week. It, you know, no no points. I don't know that I imagine a scoreless second half uh, like you got like you got in Boise, but I, I do think that this has potential to be ugly, low scoring, uh, mostly defensive kind of game. But I, I think it's going to be closer than the six. So I, I think K State covers. Yeah, I'm going with K-State as well. Two-point game last year. K-State was playing well, and then um, you know they you know they, they lose the fumble, and, and Jason Taylor has the 85-yard fumble recovery to swing that game. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be close. Uh, I really do. And, uh, man, it would be pretty, pretty interesting once again if, if K-State is – I mean, gosh, if they're 4-0 going into Oklahoma, then the hype is going to get get pretty serious there. Um, let's, let's move on to – the the skillet game the battle for the iron skillet this is the one i'm, fired I'm most up about excited this one, about i am very excited and set, thank set you. the stage for people tell us about this game so battle of the iron skillet smu tcu long-running rivalry and there's a little bit of spice in this one this week because they did not play last year because of the pandemic tcu i think had had an outbreak tcu had to cancel they yep. had to cancel the game it was supposed to be the only non-conference game they played the last time these two teams played was in 2019, and SMU won. It was the first time they had won, I think, in seven years. Uh, and Rashi Rice, the uh, SMU receiver who helped tip that pass that helped them beat Louisiana Tech on the Hail Mary last week, uh, had minced no words. Uh, he said, after we won the skillet, they were scared to play us. And it's always Dallas versus Fort Worth, but no one comes to Texas for Fort Worth. And so Rashi Rice was not mincing any words. And then, of course, Gary Patterson – uh, correctly described that, hey, we couldn't play the first game. We tried to get him to play the second game, but we couldn't. And he kind of intimated that it was SMU that really didn't want to play, but it was more of a scheduling issue because the American Athletic Conference said, like everybody, had leaked their season in December. They just couldn't get uh, couldn't get move the schedule around to get the game done. But either way, there's a lot of trash talk on both sides of this uh, rivalry this week, and it adds a lot of spice to what is already a really good game with two unbeaten teams, SMU's 3-0, TCU's 2-0 coming off and off week. TCU, we mentioned on this pod a lot, we think they're going to be one of the better teams in the Big 12, and SMU is going to be a contender of the American Athletic Conference. So I think SMU, this, dis- despite the needing a Hail Mary to, to beat La Tech, like, I think SMU's going to be pretty damn good this year. No, Tanner Mordecai has been brilliant, 16 touchdowns in his three games. He's thrown for over 1,000 yards. Grant Calcaterra. Has been fantastic at tight end. The Oklahoma transfer tight end, and they've got a ton of receivers. Uh, this is a really good SMU team, but TCU's been great too. And Zach Evans, as we know, broke out against Cal in week two. So this is going to be a. I will. Spoiler alert: I will be in the building for at least a half. Uh, I did. I, I've got to <laughs> do going A&M Arkansas. I'm doing double duty. I had to do A and M Arkansas at two thirty at, at Jerry World, but the eleven a.m. kickoff at. at Amon Carter, I'm going to sneak in there and hang out for as long as I can. Oh, okay. What's what's the drive between them? Yeah, about 20, 25 minutes. So uh, well, I think fun. I can stay. Ideally, ideally, yeah, yeah. I need 25 <laughs> minutes with no traffic. So right. I think I can stay till about halftime, maybe maybe early third quarter, and then about one one fifteen, I need to duck out and head. I like that. 
I like that. Um, I'm going to go with the frogs here. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a, this is a, you know, a real shootout. And, um, I really do think this SMU team, like I said, has a chance to be, um, really legit. I know Sonny Dykes really likes this team and the pieces they put together, you know, last week, maybe it's slightly discouraging just in terms of them having to, you know, but when you go up against Austin Kendall like that, Jason, you know, you never like, it's going to be a, it's going to be a dogfight, you know, it's a toss up. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, Jason, that was the battle of OU transfer It was, last week and it was Austin. a hell of a game. We got, we got Mordecai and Chandler Morris saying hey to each other this weekend, right? Like it's, That's you know, right. small worlds. Yeah, absolutely. Mordecai and Chandler Morris also both coached by Kyler Murray's father, Kevin. That's both, right. Both clients of his. So Air uh, 14 another, football. Air well, 14 with, football. Let's get him on the podcast. <laughs> shout, shout out oh, Kevin Murray. if we could ever get Kevin Murray on the podcast, <laughs> I, we'd have to put the explicit tag on it. I can promise you that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> shout that out would, Kevin Murray. Oh, man. That would be amazing. I'm going to go with the Frogs here. Um, wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong on this, um, but I think that this is a TCU team that is um, – it just seems like they're kind of fixing to break out here and, and make a statement. What do you think, Jason? I'm going to go SMU just because I think the line's a little big. Nine and a half. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not saying I think uh, SMU will win necessarily. I just think they cover. Um, I really like yeah. what they've done so far. Really like what Tanner Mordecai's done. I think that was really smart of him to go there. Um, and, and I honestly think that that's going to start happening a lot. Don't you guys think they're going to be – a, a different Dallas quarterback transferring to SMU like every year now. And and why not? Yeah. Why not? It makes a ton of sense. No, so Sonny, Sonny's mastered use of the portal. Sonny Dykes has. Uh, I, I think the nine and a half is a little big for me. I wouldn't be stunned just knowing Gary Patterson. Uh, I wouldn't be stunned if they came out there and shut SMU down just because we know how good of a defensive coach he is. And they've got some really good corners. Uh, Trivius Hodges Tomlinson and Noah Daniels. Not sure if Noah Daniels is going to play. Gary Patterson was pretty mum on that the other day. Uh, but if he does, I think that bodes well for them. But I think SMU covers here. I think they have too many weapons offensively, in my opinion, to to not at least make this a close game. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they won. I am picking TCU to win, but I think SMU covers the 9.5. All right, next one here. Again, I told you guys from the jump, like, I like the dogs this week. I just do. Like, I think that it, we're going to figure out pretty quick. These teams are not all that different. And and so the next one's Texas Tech at Texas. Texas is a seven and a half point favorite. Um, what did you think of Rice last weekend, Sam? Golly, I felt bad for Rice. <laughs> uh, they, they, you know, two weeks ago, I was really impressed by them, the way they competed against Arkansas. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. from... That's called football for you, man. Like, you just don't know from week to week. From the fourth quarter, when they were tied 17-17 with Arkansas, ever since that point, the last nine quarters, they have been outscored 123-7. to And they got pushed around and bullied by Texas. That was a get-right game of all get-right games for the last 100%. And uh, we you, got you look at the way, like, Keelan backs. Robinson ran past their guys there. And that, yep. like, it's just like, man. Blocked a punt. He, yeah. He blocked a punt. And... Uh, like you the, got to see the, all the, the backups were ripping through them, man. It no, was... no doubt, no doubt. And and I feel bad because they play such a tough non-conference schedule. I wonder how beat up they are at this point. But yeah. that that said, Texas got right. Uh, even though they look so good, I mean, again, it's, it's Rice. Texas Tech has been a little up and down, but they are three and zero. I just like how explosive they are offensively. Uh, Eric Azucama has been fantastic. I, I mentioned earlier this week. I think him and Kalen Geiger versus those two corners, Deshaun Jameson. 
and uh, Josh Thompson. I think that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. But I like Tech to cover this game because they too. are not scared of Texas. They they should have beaten Texas last year. They were up 15 points Did, or three minutes They should have been by 15. Yeah, 100%. Yes. And, and, and I, I know Eric Azucama, he made no bones about it. He said, man, we are excited to go down to Austin and smack him in the mouth. And I think – I don't know that they're going to win, but I definitely think they're going to cover seven and a half. When you saw and you saw, I mean, what Sir Roderick did against Texas last week. Now he's he's back now, right? Sir Roderick's back. Yeah, he's still working into it though. You know, he he only had a few carries last week. He's still getting acclimated. But Todd Brooks has been great. Todd Brooks has been really good. Two hundred yard games. Xavier White's been effective in the backfield. So offensively, they've got a lot of weapons at Tech. I, I agree. I like Texas Tech plus seven and a half. Again, I'm just kind of in that like prove it uh, mode with Texas still of just. You know, especially with how these tech games, you know, have been been super close. It's it's required. Um, man, it, it has taken some some Sam Ellinger heroics for Texas to survive a couple of these now. You know, and so um, different staff, obviously different players and all that. But um, we still just still haven't. You know, that was a good performance from Casey Thompson the other day, but you know, against a team that just wasn't good at all. So I, I think it's I'm, I'm just, I need to see more from Texas to feel like feel good about them covering seven and a half against teams right now. So I'm taking Texas tech as well. Jason, what do you think? I've been trying to talk myself into Texas and you guys have been talking me out of Texas, but I'm going to go with my gut and I'm going to stick with Texas. I'm going to go with Texas to cover, even though I'm, I don't feel great about it. Like you Here's think they you, roll, or do you think that they just win by? Eight, I, nine, I think 10? they cover. I think they win by about ten. Okay, Th- that's what I'm saying. I, here's I what I, I here's don't think what, they here, roll. Here's what I would say, Jason, to make you feel a little bit better: is that that offense has been consistently scoring with Casey Thompson behind it, all the way back to the Alamo Bowl. I think there's only two or three drives in the possessions that he's run right. since halftime of the Alamo Bowl that they have not scored, and they've mostly been touchdowns. So, there, and uh, and also like Sam, they're probably just going to win some games this year because Bijan is Bijan, without question. Without yeah. question. So, it and, doesn't and, get much better than him. You know, so Texas wins this one, and, and here in a couple of weeks we get a really fun Red River with the son of Charles Thompson starting against Oklahoma. So, Man, they, they still got to go through TC before that one. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> we we know the history work. on that that series yeah, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, next one here. We got the number 14 clones. Again, going into a trap game here. Uh, we, we know how this one went two years ago. They are going to Waco as a seven-point road favorite. Um, I don't know if it's going to be 122 degrees on the field, <laughs> Sam. Is that the expectation? <laughs> no, we actually just got hit by a cool front uh, okay. yesterday. It's really That's nice. Good. So it's going to be – It's gonna. it may be in the high 70s, low 80s, but it's not going to be anywhere. They, they won't need a uh, – shade or cover or whatever it was that oh, they but were they're asking bringing about. Them. They're, bringing, they're bringing fans <laughs> and shades and everything. And look, that was a game um, two years ago that, you know, you know Baylor Baylor wins that in a super close game. And Baylor goes on to, to be the team that goes to the Big 12 title game and not Iowa State. And so that I'm not saying that that's the case with this one, but um, certainly this is a, a very serious test for Iowa State here. A real chance to, to win some people over. Um, and you know, like you said, Sam, Baylor's run the ball really well. We certainly know they've got the pieces to play great defense. What, what do you think on this one? Yeah, I, I, ha, I still have a hard time picking Baylor to win, but I, I wouldn't be stunned. But the the number 
minus seven, I do like Baylor to cover just because defensively, I think they're really good. And yes, the the first three games were against pretty lowly opponents, Texas State, TSU, Kansas. But it's, there's something to be said for what they're doing running the ball with Jeff Grimes and that offensive line. They they last year, all last season in nine games, they ran. The, they had 813 rushing yards. They already have 970 this year. They've That's already surpassed stat. that. It's a great it's, stat. It's, it's fantastic. They've been fantastic. And I think Gary Bohannon has had some time to get his feet wet. I think this is a game that's pretty plenty competitive. I think Baylor's right in it to, into the fourth quarter. I think Baylor covers this one for sure. Jason? I'm going Iowa State. I, I just think that, you know, after the Iowa game, this feels like about the time when they're going to start playing better, start being the Iowa State we're used to seeing. And, um, I'm not quite as high on Baylor, I don't think, as as Sam. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the clones to cover the seven. Okay, I'm gonna take Baylor plus seven. Um, same same as you, Sam. By the way, we did get to see Tate Martell last weekend, so that was exciting. I did stay up late <laughs> watching the clones in Vegas um, play a very outmatched UNLV team. Good, good on you, Tate Martell, for getting in the game. Um, that was a nice, again that was that was a perfect kind of get right game for Iowa State, where you saw offensively, yep, they go right back to normal. Um, really nice performance from Brock Purdy. And this will be, you know, I guess they all kind of are for Iowa State at this point. But this is this will be a defining game for for Purdy and for this team um, to to make a statement that, yeah, they are still, you know, one of the top two teams in this conference. So excited to see how they show up. But I think it's going to be close. Next one here. This line's a little fishy too. I don't know how you guys see it. Kansas is going to Duke. Duke is a sixteen point favorite. Duke is coming off a win over Northwestern, who's terrible. Duke has already lost to Charlotte this year, but they're two and one. Anybody, anybody buying the Jayhawks? Right here, right here, Kansas. Oh. I have it written down. I don't. I'm not saying they're going to win, but I do think they're going to cover the 16. I, 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 like you guys were saying about the way they played in the first half against Baylor. I, I am look. Kansas is going to not be a very good team this year, and I'm not trying to pump them up and say that they are uh, or anything like that. But it is incredibly impressive that Lance Leipold, who did not practice with this team until August, uh, has them at least showing signs of life. And so uh, I'm going to take them to uh, to cover the, the plus 16. Believe it so, or not, we're going to go two for two. Because I'm taking Jay. Let's go all three, well. guys. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's, Let's do just it. do it and be heroes. You well, know? I, I, I had I had this conversation. Kansas I can't plus remember. sixteen. Ma- Max, I can't remember if it was you or somebody else, but I had this conversation recently that they they look competent, and they haven't always looked competent before this year. But that that's the thing that impresses me the most is that okay, yeah, like Jason said, they're not going to be a great team. They're they're not going to win a lot of games. And we but should mention, like they did, they did lose Velton Gardner this week. Their leading rusher from last year. That's true. Year. That's true. Um, you know, obviously Devin Neal takes over now, and and this is a, a staff that wants to run the damn ball, right? So that I'm not saying that's an insignificant loss there. We're just we're just worth pointing out on Kansas. Yeah, no, no doubt. But but like I said, I, I've loved the competitiveness. You know, Jason Bean has been. I, I've loved the way he's competed and it just you know kept coming. And I just think you know, like I said, they were competitive against Baylor for a half. They were competitive on the road against Coastal Carolina. I think, and this Duke team, like we said, you know, they've already lost to Charlotte. I think this is a game that they can cover the 16. I don't think they win, but I think they can cover. If they can just avoid, you know, 
bunch of turnovers, disaster, you know, pick sixes, like just sort of disastrous stuff. I, I think they can keep this close. So yeah, let's all let's all ride for the Jayhawks this week. They're, we're not going to get that many chances to ride the number on Kansas. So let's let's take this one. We've we've uh, we've ridden with both of our friends of the pod this week, all three of us. Okay, as all right. we should, as we should. Well, <laughs> we never said this was a 100% unbiased podcast here. Um, all right, Jason, I want to talk to you about Oklahoma. Yeah. They are hosting West Virginia. They're a 17 and a half point favorite. You want to you want to plug your Friday story on the Sooners real quick here? Yeah, absolutely. So we all, I think, saw, even if you didn't watch the game, the interception of the century, DJ Graham. Um, diving sort of at a horizontal angle, picking the ball off with one hand, turning over in the air, landing on his back. Without a doubt, the most impressive athletic feat I think I've ever seen in person in my life. And uh, so I'm writing about that. I was able to talk to his parents, his high school coaches. I think it's a really fun story. This is stuff he's been doing since he was a little kid. Um, used to practice this exact thing on the trampoline with his dad. It's a pretty fun, pretty fun story. And I also just want to take this opportunity to point out that if you are one of the people on Twitter who is saying that he should have let the ball fall to the ground, stop. Dorks. They're all (laughs) dorks. Okay. Just enjoy the incredible athletic feat that you witness. Stop worrying about field position. You do not coach the team. Let the coaches worry about that. Let the players worry about it if they need to. Just admire the incredible play that we'll never see anything like it again the rest of this year and maybe forever. I don't, I, and I don't think it helped that Lincoln Riley came out and said he almost challenged his own player. <laughs> right. I don't right. think that helped our cause here. But Alex and Grinch, then And then didn't OU get stopped and punt? They got that. stopped and punt, and then Nebraska scored. So the, the scored. offense has got to do their job to make it yeah. uh, make it okay. And then know? Nebraska scored on the next drive. So yes, yeah. it, it is a uh, you know. But come on, can we just can we just have nice things? Like can we just enjoy what we saw? That's all I'm saying. Stop like, being dorks. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So okay, but but as for the game, um, <laughs> I'm gonna actually take West Virginia. I think OU wins, but I think West Virginia covers. Seventeen and a half feels like an awfully big spread. This is a good West Virginia team coming off a very impressive win against Virginia Tech. So I I don't quite understand this spread. I have to be honest. You know, I think the yeah, I, it, it, it's a good question um, because I I don't know if is there just a sort of a concern level about how West Virginia finished that game where they almost did give it away to, to Virginia tech there at the very end, right. got a goal line stop, did a great job of, of, of stopping the bleeding and hanging on there. Um, but that was, remember that was a, I think was it was Virginia tech like 15th. Like it was, it's mm-hmm. a good win they had um, at home. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to take OU covering the 17 and a half only out of just a suspicion that this is like flip the switch time for Oklahoma. Um, but the more I think about it, like this, this could also be the loss too. It really could. Um, yeah, I, I think it if, could. It, it just it's really going to depend on Diggy and just can he can he control this game? You know, I, and I think that you saw Jason that first half of Nebraska Oklahoma that went really really fast like. They couldn't really have been scripted any better from Nebraska side of things to oh. keep Oklahoma's offense off the field to keep the game low scoring. Like there's, there's, a, I mean, it's hard to do against Oklahoma, but 
it, West Virginia is the kind of team that can run the ball with Letty Brown and play great defense and, and potentially do that, don't you think? Oh, 100%. That's why I said earlier, I think that this could be this could be a West Virginia win. Um, I'm not saying it will be. In fact, I don't think it will be. I think OU will win, but I would not be the least bit surprised if, if uh, West Virginia wins this game. Hmm. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take OU covering seventeen and a half. I I think that maybe this is kind of their get right. All right, we're gonna go. You know, here here's the fireworks finally from them. But this West Virginia defense is, I think, not gonna make it very easy. No, I I, I agree that I think this is a competitive game, and seventeen just seventeen and a half just feels like too big of a number for me. Uh, I think I think I was impressed with the way West Virginia. You know, came out against Virginia Tech last week. And I think Oklahoma is plenty good, but I could see this being an ugly win for Oklahoma in much the way the Nebraska game was. So I, I, I like West Virginia to cover it, to cover 17 and a half on the road. Yeah, I, I feel like with some of these Big 12 games, it's like, all right, how's it going to get to 20? It's like, well, I guess turnovers and, um, you know, a lot of mistakes. And, and certainly it's going to take a really clean performance you know, by Diggy to, to keep this really close. So that one's going to be really interesting. We got, we got a couple bonus games here. Um, real quick on the future members, you got Houston as a 20 and a half point favorite, uh, at home against Navy. And you've got the number 15 BYU Cougs, 23 and a half point favorite at home against USF. You guys, what do you think? I'll start with the Houston Cougars. Uh, that one's a tough 20 and a half because Navy, they're a mess. Navy's 0-2. Like, I'm surprised they're this bad. Yeah, that that and they have some offensive staff mess where the no AD fired an offensive coordinator and then Ken Niamatololo brought him back. And it's just all kinds of craziness going on there. But then Houston has, you know, Clayton Toon was injured, hamstring, battled that, only left the game early last week, didn't finish. We're going to see if he plays this week. But I'm going to go ahead and say Houston covers the, the 20 and a half. Uh, I, I say that hesitantly just because of the backup quarterback situation and and the health of Tune. But I think they've run the ball well enough. Their freshman, Alton McCaskill, freshman running back, has been a stud so far. So, I, And the game's at home. So I'm going to go ahead and say that they cover the 20 and a half with Navy just being a struggling team that's a mess right now. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I like Houston as well. Yeah, I like Houston. And I also like BYU and, and- – Guys, I know I know you got a bunch of games to cover. Sam apparently covered two games this weekend, um, but this BYU team is worth staying up for. Like they are, they are fun as hell. And um, the way that um, you know that Arizona State game, I I didn't think that they'd win that one. And uh, man, they find a way. Like that is a they, this is a team that now is you're starting to see a little bit of that. Like could they go twelve and zero? Like looking at that schedule, like I think BYU is going to stay in the national conversation here uh, for for quite a while here until they until they blow one of these games. So. I think they cover the twenty three and a half against USF, and Me too. Uh, would would highly encourage folks to to tune in for these late games and and watch watch Jaron Hall and this team like they are good. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I agree. They cover, and also USF is just bad. They they yeah. got blanked by NC State. They got blown out by Florida. They, they it's, beat it's possible. Florida. It's possible Charlie didn't leave that thing in great shape. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sad to say. BYU, so Cougs and Cougs, both covering. Me too. I'm throw throw me in there too. I'm going BYU as well. All right, let's let's do one more here. Let's let's do the the Samcon Jason Kersey special. Um because you're gonna be at this game, Sam. I mean And Jason's we'll gonna we'll, be there in spirit. Jason will be there in the spirit. Hogs. We'll see what time you get there, man. I don't know. <laughs> Dallas traffic, you never know. 
But we got Texas A&M. We got Arkansas. We got a top 25 matchup uh, at Jerry World. And A&M is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, break it down, guys. Well, this line has come down quite a bit, hasn't it, Sam? I think uh, when I saw it earlier in the week, I want to say it was five-and-a-half. So it's come okay. down a point. Okay, yeah. not not too much then. Okay, yeah. okay. But I think this is going to be the most compelling game of the week just because we do not know how good A&M is yet. Are they a good team that's got some flaws? Are they a great team that just hasn't worked out the kinks quite yet? It's hard to tell. Defensively, they're fantastic. Offensive line, I think there's a few questions. Arkansas beat the hell out of Texas and dominated them uh, up front. And so this is going to be the toughest test on the line of scrimmage for A&M. I think with the skill position players they have and Zach Calzada, I think he's a, a little bit better than I think people realize. I think A&M covers the four and a half and wins and makes it 10 in a row at uh, over Arkansas. 10 yeah. in a row. Yeah. See, that's that's the thing. I'm, I think They've we're had also, some close ones, though. Yeah, they there, have. There have been a lot of close ones. I, you know, I've, I had trouble picking this one because I, I think Arkansas is for real. I, I'm not saying they're for real going to win the SEC West or anything, but I think they're, they're really a good team. I think Sam Pittman's done a great job there. However, a, they're a little snake bitten against A and M uh, historically the last ten years. Um, even in years when you thought they should win, they didn't. Um, I'm not sold on A and M though. So. Uh, give me Arkansas. I'm going to go with Arkansas, but okay. But I don't. There's still feel... some safety there. If it's a field goal game, you still get it. You know. Yeah, but 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 I'm saying I think they're going to win. I think they're going to okay. win. Okay. So I'm I'm going out there. All right. Boy, if Arkansas wins, man, it is going to be. Ele- I know this game's in Arlington, but it's going to be electric in Fayetteville. They 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 will have to wear get some Texas State champion T-shirts. Yes. The Southwest sweep oh, if Arkansas yeah. wins. They, they, they got to get some some state championship rings or something. Or oh, that would be beautiful. Yeah. If Arkansas pulls off the double beating Texas, Texas A&M, they're just going to be on cloud and, and Rice. And Rice. Don't forget about Rice. That's Rice. There, there you go. The Southwest <laughs> Conference sweep. There you go. You put that in just like sort of like the six-point font on the T-shirt. We also beat Rice. <laughs> don't leave this. Don't put the score on it. Just say uh, we also beat Rice. You know? but, but I will say that I will say this. As Jason said, Sam Pittman has done a great job. And that team – has it hasn't changed the roster hasn't changed a ton since the previous regime but boy he has gotten it right and uh, they're 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 big they're physical they're fast offensively so uh, like th- it's a good team like it's do people team. realize how bad Arkansas was two years ago I mean they, they were, were they might have been worse than Kansas two years ago mm-hmm. yeah really yeah yeah they did not. They did not win very many SEC games <laughs> under Chad Morris if I if I recall correctly I think it, um, I think the answer is zero. <laughs> is, is, that's, that's true. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to take AM covering the four and a half. I just think, um, I just think the D line and the defense of, of AM, and, and we saw it against Colorado when they were in a tough spot there offensively. Like, man, this defense is, is pretty loaded. And I don't think, like, you know, you watch Texas and Arkansas play. And so, like, is there a huge talent gap between these two teams? I, I'm interested to see that this weekend. Um, you know, I think certainly from a scheme standpoint, uh, you know, Barry Odom and, and Kendall Brown's a hell of a job against Texas and they're going to have a good plan for this game. Um, I, it's it's all on Calzada and just, you know, can he can he be the kind of QB they need him to be here um, to, to get through these big ones um, and, and just not make mistakes? Um, I like AM to, to cover this, uh, but 
it's you know we're getting into the, in the league play here. Like this is gonna be a pretty pretty fun weekend, don't you think, guys? We oh. got conference play. We got some interesting. We got some rivalry types. We got all kinds of stuff going on. Skillet. I am fired up. There's there's a lot of compelling games in this weekend, so I'm excited. We're finally to the meat of the schedule here, baby. Absolutely, and and we could all have great weeks. We could all have bad weeks. We're getting to the point where I don't really know how the picks are going to go. Um, it's pretty exciting. It's going to be really fun. As, as y'all can tell, I, I don't much care how the picks are going for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, we are in a hole here, and uh, I would not advise anyone follow me uh, uh, into the dark here uh, at all. You know, actually, you think you pick the opposite of what Max picks, and then you'll be in good shape. You'd be thirteen. You'd be thirteen and nine. You'd be thirteen and nine. You'd be making money if you don't do what I'm doing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. George George Costanza, do the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it worked well for him in that episode. (laughs) Um, All right, fellas, thanks so much, and 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 thanks to all of you as always for listening. We're here every Thursday on the Andy Staples Show and Friends feed. So if you haven't already, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find our stories on The Athletic. If you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, you can sign up with our latest promotional offer at theathletic.com slash one true pod. You're going to get comprehensive coverage of this college football season and and really so much more beyond the the leagues and, and games we talked about today. So now is a great time to sign up, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. 